I keep forgetting her name, so I just call her Yo Gabba Gabba. <laughs> it's it's you Baba and uh, uh, Zenababa. It's you Baba for sure. Yeah. And so you Baba is the bad one. Well, I mean, spoiler alert, way to ruin it, but yeah. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Milan. And this is David. And today, I finally watched Spirited Away. This is our second animated movie, uh, coinciding with the fact that it is actually uh, an anime. So it's our second anime. Um, I mean, and kind, I th- of our th- kind of our third. It's our second full one. What was, what was the partial one? You did this last time, Kill Bill Volume 1. Oh, I don't count that as an anime because apparently animes are animations created in Japan. And I think that one was created in America. So he might've flown. No, actually, you know what? I think he hired a studio. It doesn't matter. (laughs) All right. Anyways, um, as I was saying, I think this is a lot different from Akira. Um, It's much more (laughs) brilliant. Yes. Yes. I agree. Uh, It's much more lighthearted but I feel like it still has some pretty like trippy scenarios and um, art in it. And as far as like all of Studio Ghibli's movies, this one and Howl's Moving Castle are probably my two favorite. But as far as like cohesive story goes, I feel like you could probably, one could probably follow this one pretty easily i mean what what did you like an overall thought um from plot story writing art what did you think of it well i mean it's it's very it's very pretty the um the animation style is very bright and vibrant and so it's like i think that helps make it an easier watch for for most people who may not even be like interested in in anime generally um Akira is it's funny Akira is a completely different type of movie it's like that's that's like a Marvel movie basically that's animated you know and not in that it's not actually Marvel but it's it's like superhero powers and and kind of like I wouldn't say like higher concepts but just like more adult teenage to adult themes whereas this is like I think even young kids can get a lot out of this, but you can enjoy it. it, it like this reaches more age, uh, a bigger age range to me. Um, I think. I think also the way each one handles the the animation and the art, because like Akira didn't have to be that grotesque, yet it was. And Spirited Away could be more grotesque if they really wanted to, and they they didn't. You know. Right, and I mean even the way that. Um, there's certain characters in this that could have died. And I don't think there is actually a death. Um, spoiler alert. I like, I don't think anyone actually dies in the end of this. And it's like, that's kind of the, you know, even Disney movies, sometimes people die. So it's like, this is definitely, uh, you know, for a broader audience. Um, really? No one died? No, I mean, who? The paper. I mean, first of all, no, she was in Zaniba. I guess she, no, yeah. Um, no, I guess you're right. I guess even like the little soot monsters, even they, though they were like squished into the ground, they didn't really die. Oh, yeah. Um, and they weren't, I think they weren't actually real anyway. They were like soot 
that were like <laughs> magically became like these these beings that that moved coal around, I guess. They, um, they uh, were actually like real. They had they had consciousness, David. Yeah, I know, but they were like there was like some magic put into them to like give them that consciousness. They didn't have it on their own. So all right. So then I think um let's break it down because I think the story is pretty linear, except I think you have to kind of really pay attention to the beginning to kind of to kind of understand everything that's happening in the future from there. So um Basically, you have the little girl. And in the back of a car. Uh, and her family's moving to this, like, different prefecture in Japan. And um, it's like, <laughs> the parents are probably the most frustrating characters. Like, even the villain, I can, like, tolerate. But the parents are, like, the worst, like, animated parents ever. They're, they're assholes. Well, not only are they assholes, but they do, like like... Whenever you, uh, you're watching a horror movie and like the, the people in the horror movies like, oh, let's split up or, oh, let's go out in the dark. Oh, I heard a noise. Let's follow that. It's like, no, you idiot. You're doing everything wrong. These parents are like, they do everything wrong from the get go. Well, and they're just so dismissive of their daughter. Like, how old would you say, say that she is in this? 11 12 8 yeah 8 to 12 in that range somewhere in there <laughs> 8 to 12 uh yes big range but let's let's say 10 so you know there's so they're they're driving to their new home and the dad goes in the wrong direction and they come upon this ominous entrance with like a that looks kind of like a temple but like a pole blocking it and he the dad's just like you know let's check it out like i've seen this is like an abandoned amusement park i've seen this before um in a nightmare um also if it was just me i would totally check it out but if it was me with my wife and my child i'm like you know what this is a different day well yeah it, like you live right by it so why does it need to be today and also then, aren't they late for something the movers are like coming to the house and the dad's like well they have a key they can start without us but your daughter's like freaking out as you're walking down this kind of dark, scary tunnel. And the mom's like, Hey, get off me. You're going to make me trip. It's like, you know, come on. She's like a little girl, like a little kid that you're just like treating so dismissively. And then, you know, obviously they, they kind of fall into the trap of they smell the the food and they start eating it. And um, the little girl's like the whole time, just like uh, Chihiro who becomes Sen. I'm probably going to call her Sen just because it's easier for me to pronounce Sen is easier. Time. Yes. Um, you know, this whole time she's trying to tell them, no, we shouldn't be doing this. And then she kind of runs off and she finds the, the bathhouse and then realizes like, as it's getting dark, Oh, shit's going down. I need to get out of here. Yeah. Um, and well, then what's, I what's, what's another thing is like a, a very classic horror movie. Don't is, and I've learned this in Pan's Labyrinth is that if you see a bunch of free food, do not just start eating the free food. Well, yeah, and I, the movie does a great job, too, of, like, making it obvious with the music to the audience that something's wrong, and Chihiro knows something's wrong. Right. And the parents don't. Like, they're the only ones who probably should know something's wrong, but don't. Um, and I do like the visual, too, of, like, them turning into the pigs. Like, I think that's really cool. Um, 
and this all is this just the setting up like okay where the like it's the i guess the inciting incident of like why she has to end up in this bathhouse um but it's it's a really cool setup too especially just the way they like kind of build this whole world and like i love the transition from them walking in the day to at night where it's just like you know they called it a river that they're walking across but it really looked like like a huge it was like lake felt like a mile across like yeah. this this thing um i think that that was really cool all that part and then we meet um we also in this part meet haku who is kind of like for some reason very quickly trying to help her out um so it, it actually left me with a question because most of the creatures i guess i'll just say beings in this movie are dead i guess they're spirits or they're like yeah they've been spirited away i guess they're all spirits um but then that leaves me to like think about like is haku dead or is he just a mythical being and then all the human all the humans like all the girls in the bathhouse that like clean up after stuff they look human are they dead or are they also mythical beings well they're definitely not human right because they all can't like right chihiro and only sen, sen is human yeah because the way they talk about her um and they sort of seem to just well i don't know because they're all they all sleep at night and we've seen several times at night where chihiro wakes up and like all these women are still there sleeping and like um but yeah i would guess there's some sort of like ghost being but they're not in they're, they're not the higher class that can afford a bathhouse they're like a lower class ghost that has to work at a bathhouse right and but see that makes me think that the the patrons of the bathhouse are dead they're spirits they're ghosts but then the workers at the bathhouse like the women and the toads and stuff are like just mythical beings like you know how there's like sometimes mythical beings like elves that they look human all apart from their ears or some shit like that? Right. They're probably just like a different species of humanoid m mythical things, you know? That's how uh, I took it because humans definitely have this very like distinct look about them. Also, I want to point out that um, when Haku and her cross the bridge and he asks her to hold her breath notice that it's like does that mean that all the other ones that are crossing the bridge are not breathing i guess and maybe just not in a traditional way um i also was like i don't know if i can hold my breath this long That's that bridge crossing they were going pretty slow she was doing a good job too yeah, she was she was did you try and hold your breath while she was crossing? No, I didn't think about it. Oh, lame. So lame. Um, we did forget the part where she was turning translucent and had to eat some magical food. There's a lot of magical things you have to ingest in this world to like save yourself or prevent, <laughs> prevent bad things from happening. That part and like just the kind of the, the plot progression of the whole movie reminded me of this like, Japanese version of Alice in Wonderland. I can see that. Yeah, I mean, when well, there's also all these weird creatures. There's the bird lady, which I guess is 
uh, Yubaba, but then there's also her bird that looks like her, the smaller version of her that's just like yeah, a sentry just like flying around looking for shit that's not shouldn't be there. I keep forgetting her name, so I just call her Yo Gaba Gaba. <laughs> it's it's Yubaba and uh, uh, Zenababa. It's Yubaba for sure. Yeah, and so Yubaba is the bad one. Well, I mean, spoiler alert, way to ruin it, but yeah. And then it's I think, Zenibaba. I think, you, I think you know that. Yubaba and then Zenibaba. She's a uh, witch that basically steals names from people. Yeah, I mean, they make her look fairly witch-like. Uh, but it's funny is they don't really call her a witch, at least not in the... Did you? Oh, yeah, I forgot to ask. Did you do dub or subbed? Oh, I did dub. Yeah, me, me too. Um, they never really call her a witch except if you read like any um any like description of the movie that they they say she's a witch um but you just kind of get that she's like somehow powerful which i guess just you know witch is that that's what it has to be yeah did you like how sin totally fucked up haku's like instructions like she was doing so good she's like all right so go out the side door go down the staircase meet with the steam boiler room guy get a job and and you'll be fine and then she just just royally fucks it up well kind of so she goes down those really long stairs which those are there's really like a cool like setup for this like how high up that is how scary it is um and then she gets to the guy and i think he's a really cool character too with all of his long arms limbs yeah um but you know, she asks for a job, asks for a job, and then this other lady shows up, uh, Lynn, and she's like, "Oh, who is this? You know, who you know, who's this woman?" And the guy's like, "Oh, that's my granddaughter. Um, see if you can get her a job." And it's like, so I mean, I guess she at least somewhat made an impression on this guy, but he was just like, "I can't use you." Um, which in the moment I was like, "Oh yeah, she's fucking this up," but I guess you know everything ended up working out. So I do have to say, because as I was like watching this and listening to this, I have to uh, give credit to some of the the actors, the voice actors for this. I don't know if you noticed like right away, but pretty much the three, well, four main characters are incredibly famous voice actors. Okay. So Haku is Jason Marsden, who plays Max Goof from the Goofy movie. Um, but then also, Lynn, since we're on the subject of Lynn, is the same voice actress as Meg from Hercules. And if you listen to it, it sounds just like her. Well, the character is quite a bit like her, too. Her yeah. attitude. Yeah. yeah. That one works well. Before before we move on to the, the plot, um, I do want to mention... Davy um, Chase, who plays Shihiro. Um, and I don't know if you recognize her voice, but she's Lilo from Lilo and Stitch. She's also Samantha Darko from Donnie Darko. She's, she's also... In the ring? In the ring. She's yeah, the creepy, creepy girl in the ring. I can read IMDb too. Yeah. Well, I knew that before I reminded myself by reading IMDb. So after after uh, Lynn comes down and finds uh, Chihiro, the, the boiler room guy, 
says, can you take her up there? She... Do you know? Do you know what he was doing? Like, did you catch what, like, what his whole process, what he was doing in the boiler room, or did it take you until a little bit later in the movie where it was mentioned again? Well, I didn't know what he was heating up. Okay. I mean, but a boiler room obviously heats up water, so yeah. I should have picked it up. But then when you see the water later getting heated up, and they send those tokens, then yeah, it obviously. I thought that connects. was. I thought that was just like a really cool, like inner world building sort of thing. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the whole the whole place is really cool. Um, but she goes up and then we meet uh Yubaba and now she like takes the advice more seriously where she's like, I'm not leaving without a job. Right. And um so she has to sign a contract that signs her name away and uh she gets this job. And what I think is cool about that part is later on you find out when she takes on this new name of Sen you find out later that she's actually starting to forget her name and she mm-hmm. needs to be reminded of it, um, which I think is cool. I, I also just love, like, there's a lot of parts in these in this movie where it's just, like, things that don't necessarily matter, but the whole walk with Lynn to Yubaba's office is so cool, but there's, like, no important dialogue. Nothing to the story happens. But it builds that, that place more. Right. And then you have that huge dude who's like just following her the whole time. You don't know what his intentions are. And then he gets up there and he realizes where he is. He's like, oh, fuck this. And he like takes the elevator back down. He's like like the radish king or something. Yeah. He's like, you're on your own. Um, But yeah, so I think that that part was cool. Um, And so then after this, she's signed away her rights and Haku is assigned to like take her to get her a job. And I like when she tries to talk to him again. He's like, no, 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 don't, don't talk to me. I don't know you. Which is, and, and she, her feelings are hurt so bad. And she's like, Lynn is like, is there two Hakus? And one's like a nice guy and one's a total asshole. You know, one question this brings up is, so he says that, like, don't talk to me. Then he pawns her off on Lynn after saying, hey, who wants to take her? And everyone's like, oh, fucking Lynn can take her. And she's like, what? <laughs> How did I get stuck with this again? Um, but she doesn't run into Haku again until she basically saves his life. Yeah. And it's like, so when was he coming back for her? Oh, you know what? I guess he does take her to see her parents. I forgot about that little part. The pigs. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does tell her, meet me on the bridge. But then after that, it's like, when was he going to, when was the, the helping going to start and him going to get her out of there? I like the way it was paced. Because yes, like logistically, it would have been nice to see him sooner. And I guess technically you do, but it was a, it was a dream. It was like a nightmare scenario um, that she was having. But between that time that he took her to go see her pig parents and the time that he, she saves his life, a lot, a lot happens um, to not only build her character but to like set up these like plot devices to like when the movie hits its like third act, it really gets the whole um, flow going. Um, especially with the my favorite whole like it's it's not one scene. It's like a um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like a series of scenes. Montage. That's not a montage. It's just like a smaller than an act, bigger than a scene. Anyways, it's where she's, um, it's the whole thing where she first lets no face in to the bathhouse. And in between that and her 
um, her sole job is to clean up the really garbage monster. Yeah. Well, that the garbage monster scene is really cool. Um, and yeah. we'll get to in a second. I do want to real quick. So we kind of covered this, but uh, Haku tells her to meet him at the bridge. And this is where she kind of walks by the no face monster. And if you haven't seen this movie before, you're like, okay, what's up with it? What's this deal's What's this dude's deal? Like, what's going to happen with this guy? I think it's funny, too. So then he takes her to her parents, and he's like, don't ever come here without me. And he's also basically like, memorize these pigs, because this is going to be important for you to leave. And you look at the pigs, and like, there's nothing memorable about these. There's no distinguishing. Is it, is it bad that I thought that because last time we saw her pigs, like, halfway through the transformation of her parents, that her dad was going to be the pig with like the full mustache. <laughs> and I was like, just look for the fucking pig with the mustache. It's like, it's that easy. <laughs> it turned out to not be. Um, and then that's when we find out that she like is kind of forgetting her name, but he's like, here are your clothes. And it has a note, like, this is what your name is. And Haku to, like confides in her that he can't remember what his name is. And that's why he's sort of stuck here. Um, and then we see that, Haku is a dragon and he kind of flies off. When he first flew off, I did like it was like very far away. And I was like, it's kind of wimpy dragon looking thing. Like looks like a worm in the sky. Well, not only that, but she like sees him like a million miles away and she's like, Wow, Haku's a dragon. I was like, You that you got a dragon out of that? Is he? It's not like she saw him transform either. She just like turns around, she's like, Where's Haku? And then she sees like this dragon flying in the air, and she's like, Oh, that's him. And then she walks back by what we will get to know as no face. And I was like, all right, well, this guy is going to be like, this guy's going to cause trouble for her. He's like, a, I thought he was like a guard or something, um, which is not what he turns out to be. Um, oh, you thought he was going to cause trouble. First time I watched this, I thought he was like going to be her friend. He t- I mean, it, the way the music was playing everything, it was like when you saw him, it was like, oh, this guy sees me. Um, you know what's this going to be but then this gets to the point where you know she starts working she's working pretty hard and uh, she sees him out in the like a garden or whatever and she's like do you want to get in he's like oh fuck yeah oh yeah I'll get in (laughs) like you weren't supposed to do this and you kind of know that that's like it's not supposed to uh, you know you're not supposed to let her in but then this does lead into the scene you're talking about which is is probably one of my favorites too of just this they can smell this fat ghostly thing from like miles away. That's coming to get it's like, I just call him like Mr. Stinky or stink monster just coming to get cleaned up. And um, they decide, first of all, she, her and Lynn have already been tasked with like cleaning out the huge bath that no one uses. And they're like, all right, well, this is going to take forever. And then it's like, all right, well you have to have it clean right now. Um, And then she goes up to the front desk and that dude's like, no, I'm not giving you any tickets. That was one of my confusing moments because it's like, okay, did he just not like give her the respect that um that he needed to, or I was, was just like, it was it racism. His... Oh, okay, because she, she's human. Speciesism. Right. Speciesism. Um, yeah, I think that um that part was like, I guess my misunderstanding for that part was the tokens are for the guests, but they also need the tokens to clean out the bath. 
but then why isn't there like a whole like cleaning product section separate from the same tokens for the you see what i'm saying yeah well i think the w this place is kind of did you ever watch malcolm in the middle yeah you remember the older brother when he like moves to that place like way up in the north and the lady like lets him work there but she charges him for everything so that he'll always be in debt and can't really leave yeah that's kind of what this place feels like where you know they're they're not really given the tokens like they all work there but it's like i don't see anyone really getting paid there's no paydays and then like they're all just like scrounging for tips to try and get out of there but it feels like oh to get tokens like oh it's like it's this big thing where it's like you need the tokens to actually do your damn job um yep but i do like no face coming in and being like giving her the extra tokens and she's like well, i don't need these and it turns out she does because just luckily that's not like some deus ex machina like planning right there but you know she needs them because the stink guy comes in and it reminded me of that scene in the matrix and i'm jumping ahead a little bit but um and this is you're not going to see the matrix in the way I see this scene playing out in, in the matrix. Um, but when Morpheus is like, he's starting to believe like he's watching him through the monitor, right? Through the matrix code. When everyone is standing up, like, a, like on the second, third, fourth floor, watching sin, try to like clean this monster. And she like grabs all the tokens and she like, puts them into the slot and uh yababa's like she's, she's doing it. it she's, she's doing getting it. it she's getting it she's starting to believe <laughs> yeah i mean that's a stretch but i see what you're going for uh yeah but the whole scene's cool the cleaning scene where she's like has to like go you know go through this sludge to to get the token to put in the extra token and then has to try and pull it and she's basically like drowning a little bit and he like yeah. pulls her out and then she sees the the thorn in his side, which turns out to just be like a bunch of shit, including a bicycle that have just been like stored on him. In him? Yeah. And like they need she needs like everyone to help pull. Yeah, I mean that whole thing is is um it's awesome. Sequence, yeah. that's the word. Shorter than a an act and longer than a scene. Sequence. That whole sequence is good. Is the sequence shorter it's, than the scene? Yes. Maybe. Um, and you're right, though. Yubaba is, like, very happy with him. And uh, I do, like, right after this, like I said, the visuals are really cool. But one of the coolest is when it starts raining. And it rains so much that it causes, like, the sea around everywhere to rise. And, like, the, the train that was just kind of a normal train is now, like, underwater. I thought it was really cool. I like... Um... So this is where we kind of get how money operates in this place, which I don't fully understand how money operates in this place because from what I can gather, like food is free, but everyone is scrounging for, for the gold that the, the garbage monster left behind. Um, and this is where I think are one of the main themes, like motifs of the story come into play where don't be greedy. Um, Cause basically greed led to pretty much everyone's downfall in this movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, I'm not even... saying it's like the main thing, but it's definitely like a major one. No, no, I, I agree. Um, 
Yeah, and the only way you really kind of get the way anything works in this or any motivation is you get Lynn's motivation where she wants to earn enough to take a train ride for something. I can't remember exactly what. I think it was a train ride just to get out of there. I miss that, but I'm sure yeah. that's a thing. Yeah, I think she tells she tells Sen that at some point, which is funny because then when Sen just gets a free train ticket, I assume Lynn was going to be pretty upset about that, but she she handled it fairly well, so good on her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Plus, um, well, let's get to it now. So there's this whole scene where No Face is, is occupying one of the baths, right? Right. And I don't know his name, but he's the little frog. Yeah, the frog that spotted uh, spotted Shihiro on the bridge. The tiny frog. Yeah. As opposed to all the very large humanoid-looking frogs that they call frogs and toads, but I don't think they look like frogs or toads. There's also some Psyduck-looking creatures in there, like a whole group of them. Yeah. Actually, the character um, creation of like all of these weird, very different animals look really cool. No, it did, yeah. To just kind of design something out of like thin air like that, I think that, yeah, obviously it's really cool. Um, but No-Face is occupying a bath. The little frog catches him. And then No-Face basically entices him or hypnotizes him in a way with gold that he's collected through just collecting it. And it, it, it didn't seem like initially like, the garbage monster had that much gold on him, but it now seems like No Face has a literal endless supply of gold. Right. He can just form gold out of nothing. Um, and he eats him. Yep. Eats the frog and then uses his voice to talk because he couldn't, he couldn't talk before then. Um, yeah. And that sort of sets up uh, like the, the dominant next portion of the movie, the second act really. Um, and then also this is the part where Sen has a dream about going to see her pig parents. And I was like, Oh man, why the hell are you going there by yourself? You were told not to go. And then she doesn't recognize them. I was like, Oh, you're going to be in trouble. And then it was a dream. I was like, okay, good job, Sen. Don't, don't mess this up. Um, but th- this is the part where kind of two and two comes together, right? Because now no face is kind of, uh, that morning when Sin wakes up from her nightmare, No Face is already like fully formed, going around, giving people gold, and everyone is like serving him on hand and foot. Yeah, the one interesting thing that's confusing, and we can get to it more when we get to it, but the it's a little confusing the distinction between No Face and uh, Zeniba. And what I mean is because, well, we'll just get to it when we get to it. But Wait, I guess the Zinimba, the other, the twin sister witch. Oh, okay. Because, well, I'll just we'll talk about it now is um, the Yubaba kind of discovers that there's been some magic used and she thinks her baby's there, but it's actually like the three heads. Yep. And then, but right before that, she discovers that the gold is actually fake. The gold came from No Face. The three heads looking like the baby came from Zeniba. So it's kind of interesting. Even if you could say like, oh, well, they could both have like that sort of power. That's fine. But the fact that in telling the story, the 
Yubaba discovers the gold is fake. And then that's the impetus to be like, well, is, what, is that my baby? You know what I mean? Like the way that's told. And the fact that I think what in the end of the movie, no face stays with Zenaba. You know what I mean? Like th that part's confusing because it's almost like it's trying to say something about the story, but it's not really. It's almost trying to say that was no face sent there by right. Zenaba. But if they don't come out and say that. But then what was no face's obsession with sin? Well, that's interesting too, because she calls her granny in the end. She like has all these memories. So the thing with granny, um, and, and I learned this watching many um, Miyazaki films, is that that's just kind of a polite way to call older people. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what her obsession was. Maybe it all just worked out. But that's like my point is it, it kind of seems like it all worked out just to work out instead of like there being a cohesive reason it works out, I guess. So I actually took the gold like the gold wasn't fake initially, but he made it turn to shit because he didn't like her. Who's he? No face? No face. Oh, I don't know. And I don't know why you're assigning a gender to no face, but uh, just because the frog, you know, the frog was probably male, but you know. Um, that's pretty much why. Um, so back up a little bit. I don't think we quite got into the whole backstory of Yababa. Um, she has a child. She's with child. Yeah, there's no explanation of how she has a child that's bigger than her, um, but still a baby. Um, but you just accept it. And we meet that child initially a little bit. And then um, we meet it after the part I wanted to talk about next. But uh, so everyone is just feeding no face. Um, just the entire, basically the entire structure of the bathhouse. Now they only have one client and it's no face. Everyone is there to serve no face. Yeah. Um, and then you see Haku being chased by these paper birds and kind of getting the shit kicked out of him. And Sen, uh, you know, is going to help. But No Face, who has been just materializing gold to give to people, just wants to give it to Sen. And she's like, I don't have, I don't have time for this. And she runs off. And then these two people sort of, well, actually, I think one person sort of makes fun of Sen. And in, because of that, No Face then eats two people. <laughs> and now everyone realizes, oh, shit. <laughs> like, yeah. We have to run. Yeah. That progression is great. Um, and then I think my, like leading up to that is my other favorite part of this film where we forgot to mention she gets like a special food pellet from the river monster who ended yeah. up being, well, the garbage monster who ended up being a river monster. Um, right. And what's funny is the other confusing part of this movie is he gives her this like green ball but then I also think Haku, when he first introduces her to her pig parents, gives her something that she needs to feed her parents, I think, is what we're told initially, right? No, I, I thought in her nightmare, she fed the green ball to her pig parents. Well, here's the thing. It'll come up when we get to it. But she, like, feeds, she feeds the green ball to Haku. Oh, she splits it in half. And she gives half to No Face and half to Haku. She gives yes. some. She gives something to ha to No Face, but I thought that was like the thing that. 
I, what makes sense to me is I thought that was the thing that Haku gave to her to give to your parents because the thing that she gives to No Face, we'll get to it more in detail, the thing she gives to No Face makes No Face throw up, which would make sense to me of give this to your parents because it'll make them throw up all that food that turned them into pigs. I just remember Haku giving her something to give to her parents like when the time was right. <sighs> But I might be having that completely wrong. But I was just like, she especially she has this item bag of stuff that she needs to like use for certain things to complete her quests. <laughs> and that's basically what the movie turned out to be. And I think that's what it's like. This is a cohesive movie that you can easily follow. But um, then it becomes like this, all these plot devices that she just so happens to get, you know? Well, it's funny as I was reading something that... Um... Miyazaki said that he never really has a plot going into these movies that he is storyboarding them and coming up with the plot like as he's going along and it's like that really kind of makes sense as far as why some of these are like more successful than others because it's just like sometimes maybe it'll work out more you know all of his movies are beloved but like the fact that this one won an Oscar it's just like all of these elements like work together at the last minute and like all these things where you could maybe pick it apart do kind of make a, a pretty cohesive story. Whereas sometimes you may think like, Oh, it's just like plot point added on plot point added on plot point. Um, I think sometimes that works out. Um, and then I think sometimes that kind of like, I think you see it in, in mostly like Ponyo or Ponyo is really really linear and it's like one thing happens after another and you can see the inner workings of that um and and it kind of for me take i love ponyo but it takes away some of that mystique some of that magic that uh what am i looking for randomness that you find in his movies and then um i feel like you lose part of what makes his movies his movies and i think spirited away is a perfect blend of like the randomness that just so happens to fall really neatly in place um by the way it that little green ball that the the garbage monster gave her in the end that is the thing she fed um no face and what she feed haku okay that's the thing she split in two she gave half to haku and half to no face yeah, I mean, it's it's not really the what she feeds them. Like I said, is not that big a deal. But it is like I, I it did confuse me like where all these items in her bag came from. Um, but back to it, um, I think the the art on when she's climbing the building, climbing the ladder to get to Haku because she sees that he's like flown first he flies into where she lives and then he flies up basically into yubaba's quarters and she like does all this climbing and then i i do like the one paper bird that's like attached to her that's like got half a ring uh, a wing gone yeah and then she like can't get in through the window and the bird slips off and unlocks and then he attaches back onto her um all that's really cool uh and then this is when uh she finds haku basically about to die yubaba's like let him die um and then uh she or zenaba pops up yep 
And I love Zinaba in the fact that she is like the chaos within the chaos. So she she turns the baby into a mouse. She turns um, Yobaba's crow into like a tiny little cute crow. And then the three heads are turned into the baby. And it's just like, here, sister. It's like, just to fuck with you, you know? Right. And what's funny is they really paint her as sort of a bad character, um, which you get a complete 180 at the end of the movie when you see this character again. But it is also funny, too. You first meet the baby, and the baby's just a complete dick. Like, is almost breaking Sen's arm, and then is like, you have to play with me. Um, and that's when Zenaba's like, nah, I'm going to turn you into a mouse who's going to shut up. Um, which is, is cool. And you get the, uh, you know, you get the backstory of, like, she's like, oh, I need to save Haku. And Zenaba's like, well, he's not good. He stole stuff from me, and he's just Yubaba's henchman. And he's not a good person. And then, like, he breaks Zenaba in half with his tail, like, breaks the paper plane that, I don't know, it's this, like, hologram technology or something like that. But... Witchcraft. Witchcraft, David. Well, he's just a dragon. What? So. She is. She's the witch. <laughs> I know. I was fucking with you. So then, after Zenaba is gone, Haku falls down this trap door with with uh sen and the mouse and the bird and they're back in the boiler room and she gives him i guess part of the green ball yep um which is going to help heal him and it does because not only does it like you later find out it like fully heals him but he spits out this like black slime thing well the black slime is surrounding the gold seal that she needs to return and she uh she squishes it i don't know if you caught this but when she steps on the black slug thing, you see the little soot monsters reenact that entire scene. Even up to like the point where she has to put her like fingers together and then uh, the boiler man like breaks it to like uncurse her. Right. And then the little soot monsters like put their fingers together and then another soot monster breaks his thing to uncurse him. That was like a funny little detail. I think I probably missed that part. Um, And so this is the point where Sen is like, all right, well, I'm going to take this seal back and I'm going to solve everything. But first, Lynn shows up and she's like, you've fucked up everything because now this no-face dude is is causing havoc. So before we get to the ending, we get this pretty cool side story of her saving the day once again. Um, you know, Sen admits to Yubaba that she let this guy in, but she'll, uh, she'll, she's going to try and take care of it. Um, oh yeah. And this is the point where she gets the train ticket and I thought like Lynn was going to have a problem with it. And she was just like, nah, pretty cool about it. It's fine. You know, I'll get mine. Like Lynn rode the boat to get Sen to the train station. Right. Well, and then they set up too that like, she, this is a one-way ticket. You have no way of getting back. Um, which is cool too, because it's like we built this world of the bathhouse, but then apparently there's this whole other ghost world behind the bathhouse that we don't really get what that's about, right? Like all these different stops on the train station. And the other thing too is all these spirits are coming from like the real world too through that tunnel that the parents and, and Chihiro came through. Right. So, you know, it's it's very like, it's very interesting like 
the world building of the bathhouse, but then being like, we can't give you too much because it's like, you know, we're going to kill you with details. And this is already like a two hour, five minute movie. Yeah. Um, and I also find it funny that he gives her exactly the same number of tickets that she needs, even when she cures no face and he starts like regurgitating, like spitting up all the junk and food. And then even like the people that he ate are perfectly fine by the end of it. Cause I guess he just swallowed them whole. Um, but he ended up, he ends up on the train with her and it's this like little shot where she's sitting on the train. He's sitting next to her. And I was like, boom, there it is. The movie poster. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, that's a really good scene. The other thing too, in that part, which I thought was going to play more into it, um, but it didn't, but you Baba like calls the rat ugly and the bird. She's like, what are these ugly fucking things? <laughs> like, um, but you know, the baby forgives her in the end, which is, you know, good on him. Um, Shows growth. That, that's the character arc. I do like, too, as, they're, as Lynn is taking her on the boat, and they're, like, trying to get away from No-Face, and he just jumps in the water, and she's like, oh, my God, we still deal with this. And I think, isn't No-Face just walking along the bottom, like, to get to them, or is he, like, swimming? I can't remember. I thought he was just, like, floating on top. I don't remember. But anyway, I just thought that it was like almost like Terminator type stuff where it's like they can't get rid of him. But he's not a bad dude. No, he's just needy. He or she is needy. It's it's needy. Um, But I, I do, I think the movie is really cool from the train on. Like those are, it's probably my favorite part of the movie. It's just like the ending. Um, just the train ride is once again it's like longer than it needs to be but it's really cool seeing all these like different stops right yeah. and they like pull up to this one thing and it's like we're in the middle of nowhere like where is this but then you um you see all the people walking into a tunnel and that's like very clearly going to be like where everyone like where the action is where everyone goes to so i thought it was all that part was like really cool and like some of the best art in the film yeah um and then oh did you like the walking lantern yeah no yeah it was cool that was definitely cool um and at the same time too this is when like haku wakes up and realizes what's going on and they also I guess we can talk about it now too. They keep talking about how like love is what like saved him and love is what like saved Sen and, but they don't really, you know, normally in a movie like that, it would be like the love between like, you know, like an intimate type of love, but obviously she's a little girl and he is like a river spirit. Right. <laughs> But they they just say love. They don't really get into. Well, it's not, it's not like an intimate love. It's no, like I, a I, like a like a romantic thank love. Thank you. Right. It's it's like. Um... But they don't really explain it, right? They don't really explain what their love is. It's like a just like a respectable brotherly love. <laughs> Very respectful. <laughs> um. But also when Haku wakes up, he immediately goes to Yubaba and says that he wants Sen to, to be freed with her parents um, if, you know, Sen is able, if 
I guess if Haku comes back with the baby, right? Because this is the scene where she realizes the gold is fake and that that's not actually her baby. And Haku's like, I'll bring back your baby, but then you got to let Sen go. And she's like, well, I'll let Sen go, but I get to give her one last test. And I was like, well, if it's what her name is, that's going to be pretty easy. And if it's what his name is, I don't know how she's going to know that, which then you find out it is. So like towards the very end, we can talk about it more, but I figured out what the test was going to be. And I got the answer right before it was even asked. So pretty proud of myself. Um, one thing is the probably the darkest part of this movie is just when Yubaba's like, I want to punish Sen. Go turn her parents into bacon. You're like, oh, man. Yeah. And it's you know what? That occurred to me, too, because you actually see like a pig's head being served to no face, like a roasted pig's head. I was like, oh, so that's what they do with the pigs. Yeah, no, they're definitely fattening them up. But then it has to occur to me, like, are all those pigs people from that town that Sin and her family just moved to that just wander into the amusement park and eats, like, the free food? This is one of those towns in Japan where you can, like, buy a home for a dollar because they don't know why all their citizens keep leaving. They think (laughs) they're going to a bigger city, but they're just going into this mystical world um the next scene is with zeniba and this is the scene where you find out she's just a really cool old lady and she like she gets the seal back she's like okay i'll forgive him it's fine like i got it back um and then she also this is where we explain that that black slug that came out was actually like what yubaba used to trap haku i thought that was cool yeah no very cool um and i my favorite part of this is when Sen is like, well, can you change them back? And she's like, well, that spell wore off forever ago. They could change back right now if they wanted to. And like, do you want to change back? And they're both like, no. <laughs> Especially like I love when, when the bird is flying the rat this whole time. Yes. And then like they fall and then the rat just starts running. And she's like, do you want me to pick you up? And they just like run past her. It's it's so funny because the character development in this happens so subtly, I think. Um, not really because of the baby. The baby, you see that happening. But at least with uh, Sen or Hichiro. Chihiro? Chihiro. Chihiro. I almost said Hichiro. That's wrong. Um, she's like a very like scared and cautious little girl. Like she's doesn't want to move to this new town, doesn't want to move and meet new people at this new school and anything like that. And then she's like literally thrown into this like whirlwind of a world that's like scary and frightening. And she has to like stand up against all these creatures. So then um, her character development doesn't come full circle until she's back in the real world. Her parents are unaware of all this happening they're like, yeah, we know school's going to be scary, but you're going to be okay. And she's like, yeah, no, seriously, I'm going to be fine. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and, it, and like you said, it keeps hinting at this like love between her and, and Haku. Um, and then very subtly, I think you get little flashbacks of her underwater and I'm like trying to piece it together. But then you finally, finally understand that he was this river spirit that saved her life when she was younger and she almost drowned in his river. Right. 
Yeah, and then she remembers his name is like Kohaku, Kohaku or something like Kohaku that. Kohaku River. Um, and he couldn't find his way back because the river was filled in and all that. So yeah, like that all, that's one of those things where it's like, okay, I guess that fits nicely together. Um, but it is, it is like cool, like that they do have the, this relationship and then you realize, okay, that's why, a little bit why there's this like love there because he saved her before and now she needs to return the favor. I also really like that no face just stays with Zenaba and just like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool here. I'm going to follow this lady around. Um, how did you figure out about the test and how did you know the answer to the test? Um, so I was like, it's not going to be what her name is because that's way too easy. And now she's figured out what his name is. So it has to be at least something difficult because it would just kind of be like pointless. So, and then obviously when you see the pigs, you're like, okay, you know, it has to, even before the pigs, I was like, I wonder if she has to pick out her parents because in the beginning of the movie, he's like, Hey, you're going to have to be able to remember who your parents are. And I was like, that would be kind of perfect. And then I was like, well, there's no distinguishing marks on these pigs. So it's just a trick. <laughs> you know, like you, Baba's just like, whoever she picks, she's going to be wrong. Um, so that's how right. I figured it out. Okay. Deduction. Good for you. Um, and I, I, expect, also... I, ex- I expected the baby real quick, just like once it was turned back from a rat to be really more pissed at you, Baba. Um, but he didn't even, you know, because she called him ugly. I guess maybe he was like, yeah, I am a rat. Um, but instead, she was just like, if you make Sen cry, like the baby just is like in love with Sen now. She's like, if you make Sen cry, I'm going to be super angry. I'll never forgive you, Mama. I think that's what he says. And then here's the thing that I really like about the ending. So basically, like we explained, um, she's free her contract gets torn up because she and i loved how everyone from the bathhouse like cheered her on for doing so they're just all like get this human out of here it smells like human in here um but then and she gets reunited with her parents but right before that she has her uh her last moment with haku and two things i really like about this so the first is he's like, don't turn back. And there's a moment where she's about to turn back and she decides not to. And I don't know. What do you think would happen if she turned back? Like she'd be like sucked back into the spirit world. I think it's like a Sodom and Gomorrah moment where she just like turns into stone. <laughs> That's dark, David. Um, well, I really like right uh, real quick. I like right after that when she gets to her parents and once again, they're assholes. Like you shouldn't run off like that. And she's like, motherfuckers. Yeah. Do you know what you did to me? (laughs) Um, And then the final thing is, is that um, when Haku is like, she's like, so what's going to happen to you? I'm I'm ad-libbing. This is not verbatim. But he's like, I'm going to have a talk with Yababa about my contract. And I'm just imagining this like off-screen scene where Haku just like beats the shit out of Yababa like as a dragon because he's like i know my name I'm like fuck you tear up my contract i'm out of here bye you know yeah but he really struggled with Zenaba and their twins so it's like i don't know how well he would do but he knows his name like what can she do yeah i don't know i think once he knows his name he can probably get out maybe he'll forget it really quickly again and then he'll be in trouble mm. What I really liked is kind of the final shots. And you already talked about how 
the parents are talking to her about how she shouldn't be scared of school. And she's like, I'm not scared anymore. Like, it'll be fine. But I love when they come out of the tunnel. And I just assumed that there was going to be like zero passage of time, but then right. it's not like everything's overgrown. There's a bunch of dust in the car. And I am curious, we don't get an answer of like how much time has passed, but it's like, it makes it seem like it was like months that they were stuck in there. Yeah, it does. Um, which is a really like cool unanswered like question of like, you would, lo- you would love one more scene to figure out like for them to get to their house and like, another family live there and just like what the fuck happened but i think it's like cool that it's more restrained and you can just imagine like okay that everything will be fine what makes you wonder also it has time actually passed or just in that little section has things overgrown and everything is fine outside of that like forest area right um the last thing i want to talk about is i'm gonna get it wrong Zabiba, Zinaba, Zinaba. Thank you. Um, gives her a hair tie. The hair tie is purple and it's sparkly. And apart from everything else being overgrown when her and her parents come out, it kind of makes you wonder if it is one of those like Alice in Wonderland moments where was it all a dream? Was it all like a strong hallucinogen? Um. But what I really like about it is that not only has she herself grown from that experience, and you can see that, but you can still spot her hair tie, um, confirming that it was like, no, it actually happened. So I thought that was cool. That is, that's one of those like inception totem moments at the end. Yes. I mean, granted the whole overgrown of the, of the, forest and the car being all dusty and old now is like it's another one of those totem moments that's like yeah time passed it actually happened um but i thought just the detail of the hair tie still being that like unusual color was a cool another cool moment it was although i never questioned that it happened i thought it happened it was only a dream that's just me well, um, yeah, I really liked it. I think, I hope that you're um, open to doing more of these. It's not like I really want to turn this into a animated movie podcast. Uh, I think one of, like, one of these ever so often is cool. Uh, so much, so, so different from, like, the couple ones we did before like calvary it's just like just on the complete other side of the spectrum here a little more lighthearted. i mean the next one i want to do is one you haven't seen though which is totoro i haven't seen totoro i haven't seen princess mononoke um have you seen totoro no i still just want to watch it okay and then of course i think um one of my other favorites is Howl's Moving Castle, which I think you, if you like this one, um, I think you'd really like Howl's Moving Castle. So we'll have to do it. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watch. I'm Alon. And this is David. And I finally watched Spirited Away. <laughs>